Welcome to Michigan Ice Guys, podcasting to help you fish hard water better. Hey guys, it's the MI Ice Guys. Uh, we got Steph and Jake and Jake out there. Uh, we're trying something new tonight. We're going to record this over the internet. Uh, Steph's up there in Howard, Tucky, and uh, Jake's there in uh, Cedar, Tucky. Oh, sorry, Cedar Rock. Cedar Rock. He's on the Highbrow neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> So we're all sitting in our houses and connecting over the internet to do this COVID and all the other business going on. We just thought we'd give this a try. So, uh, we've gotten finally some ice here in Michigan. We got a weekend out or so, and then another weekend of slush. And we've been a few places. We talked about Steph's trip up to Houghton Lake, but, uh, Steph and I got to go out to Brockway and that same day, uh, Jake and Aaron went up to Mitchell and did you guys whip up on a competition up there, Jake? So, yeah, we actually did really well up on Mitchell. It was fun. It was, uh, it was Aaron's first local tournament that she's did. She's, she's only jumped into the national scene. So that's kind of funny, but, um, she, her and I went up to Mitchell and, uh, we, we weighed in 25, um, bluegill and crappie. I think we weighed, um, just shy of 13 pounds. So I think our eight and eight went, uh, went, uh, probably just shy of eight pounds. So maybe, maybe eight pounds. And, uh, yeah, we stomped the tournament. We won by eight pounds total. Sweet. So it was, it was, it was fun. The, the they probably the weren't was... real appreciative of the national guys come whipping <laughs> down and take a local. <laughs> yeah. Then to get beat by a girl, they didn't like that either. Oh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good but, job. Um, but yeah, yeah, we we actually fished um, in Little Cove there on Mitchell, and uh, just kind of found the pockets between the weed beds, and and uh, we we long rotted the whole entire time, and we mostly caught all of our fish like uh, three to four feet up, um, just using three mil tungsten, one spike, regular program, nothing fancy, and uh, we didn't. We didn't use much camera. We didn't use any pan optics. It was just uh, hole hopping and give the hole every five minutes we'd move. And that was it. Put together a nice little bag. Cool. Well, Steph and I, we went over to a little lake uh, outside of Morley. And uh, apparently somebody mentioned the name of the lake on Facebook. And the place was packed. Yeah, there were 20. How many acres do you think that lake is? Three? (laughs) It's small. Yeah, twenty some trucks out there. I thought you counted, right? Yeah, really crazy. Yeah, most I've ever seen out there. And almost nobody was catching fish, and they were all off to the one side. And Steph and I said, "Let's go the other direction." And I popped into a hole that a guy said, "There's no fish in there." So I went and checked and caught a fish first down. So I says, "I think he was just doing it wrong." <laughs> and then uh Steph he broke out the uh, live scope and started scanning the whole lake and this lake was not he could almost scan in bank to bank that lake was so small and uh he spotted a couple of pods he moved me over to one and drilled a hole and I think we got probably 70% of our keepers out of that hole mm-hmm. wow and uh we ended up with a two limit day so 
it was a good good day and setting in the sunshine it was wonderful beautiful beautiful out were they uh was it a basin bite no it was off the edge of the weed bed man yep uh right on the drop-offs we were probably three foot off of the weeds yep and you put an aggressive jig on it and they dart out underneath you kind of hang around work their way up you had to be a little aggressive and then they you get a an eager one to pop right up yeah we got chaz in a lane where the fish like to travel because he caught a couple bass that day i thought he was going to join the bass masters oh my god <laughs> all those bass that day it was it was nuts you want to talk uh, about bass iowa i caught a donkey <laughs> Oh yeah, well we'll have to talk about that. But uh for the most part, guys, out north of Grand Rapids, we're getting some pretty safe ice. Starting to hear about some uh reasonable ice south of Grand Rapids. Uh not too much from the guys over Saginaw Bay or anything yet. You got any friends over there, Jake, keeping an eye on that for us? Uh walleye guys. <laughs> yeah, they knock yeah. on the ice for you and check. Yeah, they're catching perch pretty shallow, but it was it kept breaking up on them, so um, it was hit or miss, depending on okay. what direction, of course. Right. So maybe this good hard week of uh, cold will put things in the right direction for that. You know, I, a lot of people from Grand Rapids area, if you don't want to drive very far, Little Whitefish has been producing some pretty, pretty good uh, catch numbers too. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, I hadn't thought about running over there. Yep. But we're yep. going to have to figure out where we're going this weekend. Yeah, some of the lakes up north were really slushy this last weekend. and But that's going to firm up this week and be really good for us. Yep. Yeah, I think the high at my house today was like 21. So we're making ice. I did go last weekend with my niece and down to a lake in Berry County. And as soon as I got that second foot off the uh, seawall, I was right down to the sand good thing it was only seven inches of water underneath the four inches of slushy ice <laughs> so just a reminder guys as you're going out on these lakes if it's not you know a well-worn path of snowmobile tracks and quad tracks use some checking yeah take that spud with you check make, that ice yeah make sure you know what you're getting into because some of these spots are deeper and you don't don't want to go swimming this time of year it's a little overkill, but we uh, we throw a uh, a rope in all the time, and then we throw our walleye life jackets in. They're low profile; you can keep them under your suit, and they're not bulky. And you know, you just never know when it could save your life. Yeah, I've been for the first part of the season every, for the past couple of years, always going with my floating suit, uh, the striker that we got a few years ago. The one where did we wear those? Latvia, and uh, then. I always have the rope in my pocket. I just have a small throw rope in a little throw bag so that anybody gets in trouble. I don't have to get close to the edge. Yeah. Cause they don't need two of us. Big guys is going in the same hole. No. So even this uh, COVID COVID six foot rule, that's a good rule out on the ice just in general. <laughs> so but yeah, that's that's some good news that things are getting going. The bites, you know, very early in January we were a little rough, but now they seem to be going good. I've been getting some reports of some good catches. 
we had a good one that one day. And then the second day we went out on the Sunday couple passed and we met up with Steph's brother, Dale and went over to Horsehead Lake and neither one of us had been there much. And so we went exploring and we learned that's a really big lake, Jake. You want to take your Can-Am to that lake. <laughs> a lot of walking. Yeah. And we saw some really unique things that day. One of the on, hor- on Horsehead. Yeah. One of the really cool things was there was a couple of guys that came out after us and they had a little three month old yellow lab in a harness pulling their sled full of stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, man, Steph, I need to get a dog. Yeah. I got two of them. That'll probably mush pretty good. Then uh, Dale showed up. Dale <laughs> took another approach. He took an old snowmobile track and Steph and him did a little garage work and they bolted on a six and a half Harbor, six and a half horsepower Harbor freight motor. Wasn't it stuff? Yeah. The predator engine. Yep. Geared it up with some uh, centrifugal clutch, a belt and a cross shaft and a chain. And he built what they call a snow dog, or sometimes you can Google them and find them under snow mutt. And that thing was impressive. (laughs) It pulled all three of us. (laughs) All three of us. There were Dale was sitting on a bucket in a little otter sled. We clipped my standard size jet sled on behind that. And I sat down in that Steph somehow wedged into his little baby jet sled and had that hooked on the back of my sled and off across the lake. We went pulling all three of us, big guys. I was impressed. I'll have to include a video. Oh yeah. And where Dale hauled us to, it was quite a distance. So we were glad we weren't walking. So there was a lot of adventure in that fishing trip. Unfortunately, we never really found the, uh, fish on that lake yeah not the size we caught lots of numbers oh yeah jake i was getting them that were just i mean the bluegill barely go across two fingers (laughs) it was impressive i was practicing my tight lining skills i caught two pike on a tip up or on a tip up but on my diddle pole diddle Mm -hmm. pole yeah and uh we did to catch those small fish oh yeah and Steph broke out the uh, palm rod at one time just to make sure he blew the dust off it. <laughs> but, uh, hey, guys, if you're listening, you're out there on one of those great lakes that you think you've got it figured out, we're always open for an invite to go fishing with somebody. If you've got a lake and you want to host us, you know, we can bring three, four, or five guys, and you tell us whether you want us to tell the world where the lake is or we can keep it secret. We're good at keeping secrets about our favorite spots, but we'd love to come over and fish with you. Maybe give you some tips and we probably even got a gift, little gift pack for you. Uh, If you host us, give us a place to park and guide us kind of what you know about the lake. We'll bring our toys and help out. I know the guys are always itching to go fishing. So we, Jake and I have real jobs. So during the week, you might just get staff, but uh, on the weekends, you might get a whole troop of us. We're, we're happy to come out and teach you some things and help out. But uh, we're going to come back after a short break, and we're going to get a little report on the uh, National Tournament Series and see what's shaking with that. So we're the MI Ice guys, and hold on. We'll be right back. 
Guys, when you're out on the ice, do you protect your eyes? The MI Ice Guys have partnered with Costa Del Mar Sunglasses. Made in America, made by hand. The thinnest glass technology for sunglasses. 100% UV protection. We love our Costas so much, we took them to Finland to the world's. They allowed us to see where other people had been drilling before, protected our eyes in the blowing snow, and kept us looking good on the ice. Made in America, Costa Del Mar sunglasses. Get them online, get them at a local retailer near you. Remember, tell them the MI Ice Guys sent you in. You need the best. Hey guys, we're back. And, uh, you know, we're talking ice fishing, so it's only kind of appropriate to uh, pop one and enjoy. Uh, But... Yeah, this past weekend, uh, when it was a little bit slushy here in Michigan, Jake and our buddy Keith, they decided they had a solution. They they went west. Tell they us a little west. bit about it, Jake. Well, um, we went uh, we went a little west. We went about 10 and a half hours in a car, uh, fished Iowa, which was fantastic. Never, I've never fished Iowa. Um, Keith's never fished Iowa. And uh, we fished a lake called Okeechobee. And they're known for clear water and big bluegills. And when I mean big bluegills, you're talking, uh, I think our big was three quarter pound. And um, they are they are giants. Uh, I think the biggest bluegill that got weighed in during the tournament was almost a pound. So that, that is a good fish. <laughs> wow. To say the least. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I found out about it when they called me on uh, Thursday night and said, hey, Jake says, you mind if uh, Keith parks his truck in your driveway? Yeah, that I'm was like, a... Uh, okay. Sure. <laughs> that was a quick decision. So we we decided to go to this tournament Thursday. And then by Thursday night, we had the... Um, or by Friday night, we had the truck parked in your driveway <laughs> and yeah, we, I got, we took off yeah i was sitting here and i they pull up and jake pulls up with his trailer and all his gear and then keith pulls up and i direct him where i want him in the driveway and we started the three of us started hauling stuff out of keith's truck and packing it in the trailer and truck <laughs> yeah it was kind of a quick quick high and by but that's how it, that's how it always happens i guess oh yeah and they were off and uh, got out there. So did you guys got out there in time to do a little practicing, though? Yeah, so we actually ran into a pretty bad snowstorm, and it was just complete ice all the way out. It was brutal driving. Um, probably took us 12 hours to get out there, when normally it takes us about 10 and a half. And uh, when we got there, of course, it was a uh, big welcoming all the guys were there. It was, everybody was in the cabin. Um, it was fun to see everybody. We were, we were, uh, training, I would say, you know, having a few soda pops after the long, after the long ride. And, uh, then we got up early and, and scouted and we, we actually scouted the whole entire bay, um, in a day. Granted, we didn't do the basins. We were stuck in that uh, nine to twelve foot mark, and uh, we covered every single uh, contour line that held that. There was like, if there was a little flat that happened, um, instead of the instead of like a sheer drop off, all those bluegills would be sitting on that flat, and you could drive all the way around the bay and find bluegills. 
So it was, it was a matter of picking out best location for the correct size at that point. Well, that's awesome. So were yeah, you guys it was, it just was pretty cool doing the normal of uh, pop down the scope and take a look around and then the other guy doing a little camera work? Yeah, so um, I kind of got the easy job on this on this go around, but I sat on the quad actually with the fish finder and I drilled the holes and then I just kept driving and like every 15 feet I would drill another hole kind of did some zigzags and then I dropped Keith off about a half mile back and, and he had to walk and camera all the holes. And then if, and then if we were about, you know, three quarters of a mile or a half mile apart, then I would jump off the quad and actually do some cameraing work and look, look for myself. But, <laughs> but I had the easy gig. He put in the steps. That's for sure. He was, he was working hard. Well, Jake, you know, other than worlds, I am not sure I've ever seen you drill a hole. <laughs> I'm I'm very proud to know yeah, that you still know how. Yeah, and far between. <laughs> yeah, I had to figure it out. Of course, yeah. everybody knows that uh, I don't I don't drill my holes. My partner does, um, Aaron, and uh, and that's we just have a system and it and it works. So we stick to it. Yeah, we joke around and we call his uh, partner Aaron the drill maiden uh, because Jake. Yeah. He just points his finger and she goes and drills holes and they hunt fish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We drop the camera and we go, Oh yeah. And I tell her drill this way, drill that way, go over there, drill 40 feet that way. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, but we got a good system. I say partner. I don't know. She's a good roommate, I guess. Well, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. I was at the wedding. So <laughs> yeah. The that, DJ. That, that was a good time. Steph was there. Steph was there too. Yeah, he was, was assisting on the DJ. He kept handing me beers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Kept the kept the fluids flowing. Didn't want to get you dehydrated, you know. No, That's that was a that was a good party. <laughs> but was, uh yeah, so big bluegills out there. How were the crappie? You know, uh it's kind of funny. We we sat down in a spot and, and we fished next to uh pretty much everybody in the top 10, they were kind of, all the big gills are kind of holding in one weed bed. And, um, and I personally never caught a crappie the whole entire trip, which is kind of shocking because I saw him on the camera, um, which was really cool. I saw the first thing I, f I saw something I've never seen before. And that was a muskie on camera. Nice. Um, probably about a 40, 45 inch musk. Wow. And probably about a 35, 40 inch pike as well that i thought was a muskie at first but it was just a pike but uh they're kind of known for those giant muskie coming in and um and yeah it was uh it was it was a good time we we uh we actually long rotted um next to uh nick smyers and kevin fasbin so probably the best two long rotters in the nation and uh and we did we did pretty well against them so we were we were proud of that but uh, Okeechobee's known for the sight bite, and what people do is they flip over a shanty and they look down the hole and they kind of watch it because those bluegills bite so finicky. And just with all the weather that moved in and out, they were they were bitey no matter what. We were fishing, you know, um, probably seven inches and down off the bottom, 
and uh, it wasn't a really a color thing. It was uh, one thing that nobody, I think, figured out that we figured out was a down bite. So most of the time, if you're watching a Vexlar, you go up and away from fish. Well, when you are in worlds or when you don't use a Vexlar and you're just practicing, you kind of play around with how your jig's moving and also you go up in the water column and then back down. And it was pretty cool to see when we caught them, we were jigging down actually, not fast, just real, real slow and they would always hit it. So that's something that we figured out early. Oh, that's cool. Now, did that is that where the bass came into play? Or how is did that you where the what? How did you catch the bass then? You mentioned you were getting oh, those yeah, grass yeah. carp. So yeah, there's there's so I think I caught the biggest bass in my life on a long rod ice fishing, which is funny. I'm not a bass fisherman, walleye guy, but um, we caught that big old green pickle. So what we would do is when we would set the hook, these bluegills were so big, we would lift up and then the other, the partner would come over and then scoop the bluegills out of the hole. That way we didn't put um, tension on the line and, you know, we could land the fish. We actually never lost a fish because each one of us helped each other um but when i set the hook i was like either this is a state record <laughs> or this is a giant bass and what was funny i say that and yes of course i know the difference between a bass and a bluegill and a crappie on a rod but when i lifted the thing felt like a bat like a big bluegill because i just kept lifting it and so that's how those big bluegills they just kind of like hold down you know and then eventually they kind of dig and dig and this thing just kept coming up and i'm like keith this is this is a giant well it came up halfway in the water column and next thing you know it about spooled my schoolie <laughs> it was having no part of it yeah, yeah there's people those... around there's actually people around uh videotaping and taking pictures of me because i was struggling to get this thing in i was struggling a, the rod flew out of my hand at one point, but it was a lunker. It was about a five, five and a half pound bass. It was a, it was a true giant. Awesome. Fat. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got a couple of, uh, where were they, Steph? Two, three pounders through the ice. I think three or four of them that day. Yeah, it was. And, there uh, were some tusslers. Then we had we'll have some. We'll post a picture of it. Yeah. We should do that. Yeah. Then uh, I had one. Uh, for sure, Pike, because it was a hit, and all of a sudden I had no line. <laughs> and when I pulled up, there was not like my jig had come untied. It was just sheared right off. Yep. So I knew that was a pike going by. And mysteriously, all the panfish disappeared off the graph. Well, they take off quick. Weird. Very weird. Yeah. Yeah, Okeechobee was a fantastic fishery. Um Jack always does a great job running running those tournaments, and we have people from all over in all different states. So, um, it was it was a lot of fun seeing everybody that you compete against all the time, and and uh, we stayed with Chad and Anthony, so you know they're pretty frequent on the show. And oh uh, yeah, the the other Michigan nice guys, yeah. 
Yep. Yep. It was, it was a lot of fun. So we got to talk strategy and we, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. You'd think that if we were staying in the same cabin that we would all help each other. Right. We're on Team USA. We're from Michigan. Have you yeah. met Chad Shop? <laughs> you guys, it is cutthroat. We are oh, so yeah. competitive human beings. It's so much fun. So that's uh, you. If you don't do the work, it takes a lot of time. But it good thing we know how to read a lake map. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we got a couple helps. of more of those NAIFC tournaments coming up. There's one uh, down in Antioch, Illinois, coming up. Yeah, that's not uh, this weekend, but that's next weekend, which is yeah, another the last fan. week in January. Yeah, then it's um, a fantastic fishery. Then after that's Wisconsin, right? Somewhere the second yep. weekend in February, I think. Yeah, just due east of Minneapolis. I forget the lake name, but uh, that's a pretty big lake too. Um, looks like there's a bridge that runs through it, and Jack's a big no-no for us crossing underneath bridges so that'll be interesting what side of the lake we get to fish actually yeah um, balsam yeah that's not very far yeah that's right and then for all you Never other michigan ice fishermen the naifc on february 19th is coming to michigan houghton lake and uh stay tuned we're going to try and post some information about all the activities that are going on because the rules meeting, uh, the weigh-in, the different things that go on. Sometimes there's an opportunity to get in and see what's going on. It's pretty interesting. You know what we should do, Chaz, is if uh, if we do, we're, we're going to do Houghton Lake. But normally it's on St. Helen, and St. Helen's a pretty special bite to uh, get the big ones. But I think that this is a good tournament that we could potentially uh, – give some leaked info of people who listen in the channel of, Hey, this is where we're finding all of our fish. That'd yeah. I think cool. we, I, we spend so much time dissecting a lake down that it would be cool to, uh, to give yeah. people uh, insight and also waypoints maybe. Yeah. I think maybe we could uh, like share some uh, dropped pins on Navionics with some people that could be pretty cool. It's yeah. a great idea, yeah. Jake. No, if yeah, you are in the Houghton Lake area on that weekend of the 19th through the 21st, um, yeah, all us guys are going to be up there and probably be up there maybe Wednesday and Thursday as well, roaming the lake, checking things out. So if you see anybody in a USA ice suit, say hi. You see some big furry guys on uh, quads or me and my – blue side by side don't be afraid to wave or if we're stopped holler out say hi tell us you listen we'd love to meet people and uh have a great time i think houghton lake's gonna be awesome uh steph did a little early research on it and he's a little worried there's a lot of water up there tons of water up there <laughs> it likes eight, eight miles across for crying out loud yeah wow. we're gonna yeah, want to think what is it 40,000 uh, square acres. Is that what it is? It's something insane something like that. that. And the, the I think story the biggest we're NIFC getting, tournament that we've ever done was 10,000. So Yeah, and Jake, I think uh, that Jack said this is all, the whole lake is fair game. 
Yeah, correct. It, it is the whole lake. Now, let's be honest, the whole lake's not going to come into play. But no, yes, it is the whole lake. But yes. <laughs> you know, as details emerge on uh, where we're starting from and where it's reasonable to drive to, you know, I know that uh, those the Can-Ams that all three of us have have uh, no problem hitting 50, 60 miles an hour. So we can get places. I know you're a little slower yeah. with your tracks, Jake. Yeah, I hit 46 on Okeechobee with the tracks <laughs> before the governor kicked in. So, well, with my tires, That's fast I'm, enough. <laughs> with my tires, uh, is it Steph? We did about 75 going down a dirt road this summer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's so fast. That is almost that's too fast. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll be around. Yeah, whole will be a lot of fun. And I love that idea of sharing some uh, details afterwards. So we'll have to record an episode for sure after that and kind of give you guys a wrap-up. And for those of you that are technically astute, we will probably make that available to you on MIIskies.com, a collection of waypoints that, uh, and maybe some notes about what we found in those different locations. But there's some pretty yeah. exciting things about that. And then... After that, there's a couple more tournaments, and then the championships for actually 2020 are going to take pay place in March. And uh, I think, yeah, Jake, you guys are qualified for that, and our buddies uh, Chad and Anthony are qualified. So, oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Steph and I will have to yep. see what we're we doing will, that weekend we if we want to go play officials or what. But uh, it's always a good time getting out there fishing. And if you guys don't do any tournament fishing, you know, and you don't think you're quite ready for that national level, like Jake mentioned in our first segment, there's some great local tournaments. And every tournament has its own yeah. set of rules about what fish you turn in. Uh, NAIFC is predominantly eight bluegill, eight crappie for a two-man team. And uh, quite a, pretty much every time there's a big fish pot with some cash money going. So mm -hmm. if uh, you think you got the stuff, maybe it's time to get out there and get your tournament game on. But otherwise, hey, we welcome yeah. meeting any, any fisherman from Michigan that uh, is a good sport and wants to learn like we want to learn about lakes. Tight lines, yeah, brothers. Yeah, I really think that, um, well, I want to say something real quick about this tournament stuff because I've, trust me, I have donated some money in tournaments. But um, like anything else, it's fantastic to understand um, what people do differently when you can come back to the weigh-in and talk to everybody. That's really what makes you better, you know. Sometimes you when you lot. go out by yourself – yeah, you don't really see different avenues of what people do. And so when you do these tournaments, it could be I almost I almost look at it as a as an investment. So I'm spending $20 to be able to listen to 15, 20, 30, 50 guys and how they broke down the lake. And I find that extremely useful. So it's not just about tournaments, not just about winning or See if you can catch up. It's it's really about learning. 
Yeah, it's taking your fishing to a new game of putting some science to it. And really, that's how our podcast started is Steph and I, we were sitting at the bar one day down at the brewery talking about ice fishing, and pretty soon four or five guys started asking us questions. We started explaining things yeah. and back and forth, and this whole thing got off the ground back in 2012. Yeah. Kind of scary it's been that long, eh, Steph? <laughs> yes, of course. And come to the weigh-ins, too, for these tournaments. You'll learn a lot at the weigh-ins just by listening to the guys like Jake said, in addition to going to the lake and watching the actual tournament, go to the weigh-ins. If anything, you'll learn a lot. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of studying to be done with COVID weigh-ins might not be so up close and personal, but you can still hang around the area. You know, there's a couple of barley pops that get opened at those things. And, you know, as long as you're friendly and sociable, Usually you can find somebody to talk to. If nobody else, there's Steph and Chaz. We talk to everybody. Did Jack do the weigh-ins outside on the last one? <laughs> or was it indoors? Correct. He did it in the, he did it in his trailer. Um, yeah. And then we just set the buckets outside of, of the trailer, and he brought it in. And, and we could see everything going on. You know, of course, when you're talking uh, decent money, that mm-hmm. – um, Everybody wants to wants to watch what happens, but yeah, that's a great that's a great point, Steph. Too, even if you don't have the equipment or don't have anything and don't want to even enter into a tournament, you learn all your information at the weigh-in. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, like when Aaron and I did that tournament on on Mitchell, uh, I I literally gave waypoints of where I was fishing. I showed him what I was using. There is no secrets, and that's the only way to grow the sport is by doing that stuff. It's, yeah, because, it's not our fish. It's not you know every it's everybody's fish. Because by the time weigh-in happens, competition's over. It's old oh, news. Right. I'm going to share everything I know because, hey, maybe you live there and you get to fish it next week. Yeah, go for it, buddy. Right. Mm-hmm. We're moving on. We're going to go to another lake. You know. Steph and I enjoy if we could fish a different lake every day. That'd be awesome just to go out and explore and learn things. Now, we do have our honey holes that we will go back to if we really want to fish fry. But <laughs> we're always up well, for sharing doesn't? the knowledge. So, have hey, you guys we're ever gonna... fished Rose Lake? Which Rose Lake? Uh, just South Cadillac. Yes, I have. Yeah, we'll chat more about that one. Maybe we we'll, we might have to we might have to do a uh, a segment on that. Yeah, that, that sounds awesome. good. Hey guys, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk some more Michigan fishing, and uh, the guys are gonna we're gonna kind of break down some different rods and different styles, because we we throw a lot of terms around, and I I don't want you guys to feel like we're leaving you in the dark on this stuff. So we're the MI Ice guys. We're going to get a fresh uh, 12-ouncer and be back right with you. Hey, guys. Jazz here from the MI Ice guys. I want to talk to you about K&E Stopper Lures, especially the Scandia line of tungsten jigs. I've been having a great time fishing with these this year and last year. The new colors are awesome. Check them out. Get out there to your local sporting goods shop and look for that blue packaging with yellow text on it. 
pick up a Scandia lure or 10. It's a whole lot of fun to fish with. They're bright, they're durable, and good stuff. Hey guys, we're back and uh, got a got a couple more topics here for you. And uh, we were just talking during the break about some new boots that Steph got. He had to order them straight from Bulgaria. And uh, maybe he's going to try them out. And if they, they prove to be all they're supposed to be, we may share that ordering information if you guys want to order them. But, Steph, there's a little shipping thing. Yeah. Yeah, the shipping thing from Bulgaria. I ordered them in November 24th. And they got here yeah. yesterday, which was three uh, months the, the 19th yeah <laughs> so, so three months shipping from ebay not not horrible i still left them a great amazon. review i knew it was i knew it was going to take forever but amazon the, prime the let they don't have one amazon yeah that's, that's the a thing. problem they're called no. uh, lemigo arctic thermos and they're made over in europe they're the eva foam boot so they're very light they're essentially the same ones that uh, Norfin comes out with. Yeah, and you've heard us all talk about the Norfin boots that uh, we've switched to on the USA uh, World Team. And they're a super light boot and really keep your feet warm. So, in fact, some days too warm. I know at uh, the first year that we got them, Steph and I sweated so much that uh, we had to bring them back and pull the liners out and dry them every single night. Yep. And one day we had done so much walking while we were scouting, we had to pour <laughs> the water out of them. Mm -hmm. We had the Yukon, the Norfin Yukons. That's what yep. we had. Really great boots. And uh, looking into these new styles of boots is a really interesting thing. But while we're on equipment, you know, Jake was talking in our last segment about long rotting. And I thought maybe we ought to just spend a little time talking the different kinds of rods that we use and talk about these things. So why don't you start out with what what's a long rod and when would you use a long rod and what makes it special? Yeah, absolutely. So we strictly use long rodding because all of our fish were – we, we, we utilize long rotting because we're able to not change the depth when we fight a fish or catch a fish. So we use like a 40 to 46 inch rod, um, sometimes a little longer, sometimes a little shorter, depending on what you like and the fiberglass um, stock. But what, what we do is we're able to catch the fish and essentially pull the fish so we don't reel. And what that allows us to do is drop right back down to the same level every single time. That's how we uh, won Mitchell, and that's how we took we took fifth up, up uh, in Iowa. And usually we use it um, in in much um, skinnier water. When I say skinnier water, I mean like shallow water. So usually you want just an arm's length away, maybe seven to eight feet is pretty good. Um, we actually used them in 11 feet, which is a little too long, but, uh, long rotting is very, very, uh, lethal. If you want to get back to the same depth every single time and not touch a reel. Yeah. To give people an idea, what's the length on the long rods? Yeah. So, um, they come in all different sizes. 
sometimes 48. We kind of use something in the low 40s. Um, sometimes it's 38. Uh, but what essentially it's just over three feet is what we're using. And it's okay. a fiberglass stock. And uh, the, the fiberglass is bends just right. Sometimes you get one a little stiff. Sometimes you get one a little tight, but uh, they're, they're awesome. Yeah, the rods are. We actually buy them from Kevin Fazbin in Wisconsin. Huh. Um, he makes a fantastic rod. Uh, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to say it anyways, because if they're listening, I will share all my secrets. People know me as not holding on to my secrets. But uh, we actually use Bic lighter uh, springs. So if you break open a Bic lighter, they have a spring inside of them. Um, and that seems to be just right. I actually put a little shrink wrap tube on the end of mine just so mm. it, it, it just weighs it down just a little bit more so I can run a little lighter jig. And some, it seems to some be people perfect. have been using those for 20 years exactly. <laughs> or more. Or more. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, the, the science of spring bobbers has yeah. only come to uh, the modern manufacturing recently. Uh, as mm -hmm. Steph and I call them, ice guivers have forever been developing their own. And the Bic lighter trick is great. Yeah, yeah. it really does work so well. Yeah, and I'm looking right over here and I got a 42 inch sitting right here by me. Yep. Yep. And a lot of the guys have gone to, you know, the custom rod tying and making fishing poles that you can put the world mylar bobbers on the end of rather than an eyelet. You put a, yep. put your own mylar bobber on there and those things are ultra sensitive. You can tell if something breathes on that jig, you're going to get them. Yeah. When uh, yeah, Keith jumped in Jake's truck, he had them in his little pocket. It was like he was... <laughs> you know, showing he's smuggling. He says, I got Bodecker Springs. Yep. So, yeah, yeah everybody's got their own little recipe on those. But, yeah, long rods are great. Just to sum it up, skinny water, get back to the same depth. Just basically, it's like the cane pole fishing. Of so you, just, fishing. you just lift. Just yep. lift it out. Boom. And uh, if you got a good aggressive bite and you want to get right back to the same spot every time, they work wonderful. Now, they you do. know, a lot of guys are working still the traditional 24 to 30 inch uh, conventional short rod. And yeah. all of us like really, really limber ones. And, you know, they got a lot of bend in them that we can play the fish quite a bit. And yeah. One of the big advantages on those is that we mount the schoolie rods or schoolie reels on them. Yeah. And Steph loves to mention that those schoolie reels are made right over there in Greenville, Michigan. Uh -huh. And uh, I don't know if they're made there, but they're assembled there. I think he's getting them <laughs> blow molded in China, but uh, they're a Michigan product. So if you don't know what a schoolie reel is google that up but it's basically it's a real simple plastic reel we talk about them a lot and you know they're not expensive what are they three four dollars a piece maybe yeah. five yeah usually 4.99 five dollars at like myers or most of your sporting goods stores unless you know a guy unless you know a guy so uh yeah you don't you know, it kind of reiterates a point we've mentioned in the past. 
you don't have to spend a lot of money on everything in ice fishing. No, the schoolie reels are awesome. They're just, they're so durable. They're not going to freeze up. They're hard to break. Not saying it's impossible. You can do it. But. <laughs> oh, Steph, you've uh, actually got into making, put assembling some of your own rods. Yes, I found some uh, blanks on eBay. And I'll cut them down to length and get the action I want, glue them into the handle, tie the eyelets on. Yeah, it's really kind of cool because Steph gets a longer blank than he wants for a rod. And he cuts the section out of it that he wants. If he wants that super, super sharp tip, the real supple tip, take that one end. If he wants it stiffer, you move down the blank and cut the length that you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked a number of times that a guy's, you know, those long rods, they don't work inside the shanty very well. Yeah, I want mm -hmm. a tight lining. You'd like to have that short rod for tight lining so you can look down your hole. You want a, you know, a 20, 21 inch rod. So you're not holding it way outside your body. You're holding it right there in front of you and watching down your hole and you're watching those coils in the line as you're detecting yeah. those bites. And actually, Aaron and I use 18 and a half to 19 and a half. Uh, we're, mm -hmm. we're all under, we're all under 20. Yep. Yeah. I've been a big fan of the 18s lately. Yeah. But, uh, with the you fast know, tip. Yep. You know, if you've got the, I got your, I got your order, Jake. <laughs> if you've got the more expensive reels, they're going to work. You don't have to throw them away and go out, buy new $5 schoolies. Yeah. But we're just saying you don't have to invest that much. And I'm going to speak for the older guys. I can speak for staff too, because I see him pull out his reading glasses every once in a while when he's working on stuff, tying up a jig out on the ice is not always in the program. You may not be able to see well enough to get that line through an eyelet or something. So having extra rods that are already prepared and ready to go mm -hmm. is a time saver and an eyesight saver. Yeah. And the schoolie is the original inline reel. Yeah. Original. There you go. Flat out. Now, just to kind yeah. of complete this discussion on rods, we have to mention the other one, the oh. one that most of us carry in our coat pocket. Well, uh, I, hey, I, oh, you want to go another direction first? I did carry, I, I did carry a couple of them in my in my coat pocket because yeah, I can't leave home without them, as you know. No, nope. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't even go to the bar without one. Uh, <laughs> when you could go but to I bars, wanna... <laughs> yeah, when we could go to bars. Uh, but I, we're talking I about do... palm rods. Palm well, rods are the really do... short. I want to go back to the schoolie real quick. Okay. And I just want to, I just want to educate just, just a little bit more. So another real reason why we use them is yes, they're also cheap and they never freeze and they're fantastic. But what you find is if you were to picture how your line comes through the eyelet, right? It's coming down the reel. And then it's going to change directions. If you're using a spinning rod, it's going to change 90 degrees. Essentially what that does is twist your line. And um, no matter what, how good your drag is or nothing like that, every time you reel, you're twisting your line just a little bit. 
that doesn't mean much unless you look at your jig underneath the ice. And when you let outline, what happens is your jig is essentially spinning, trying to untwist. Uh -huh. And sometimes that turns off bluegills if they're not very aggressive. Now the schoolie picks it up one for one, right? It's, it doesn't have, it has a great drag, but what it does is it doesn't spin your jig around in the hole. It, it stays horizontal. So you have more control. And that's, to me, that's the real reason why you catch more fish on a schoolie. So the schoolies Do they, for five bucks, yeah. or we could get that fancy black Betty for what is that? 85. Yeah. I think I'll go schoolie. <laughs> yeah. Each yeah. one has their place. <laughs> I must... you, can, you can tell Black Betty doesn't sponsor this show. But <laughs> if, yeah. if you're fishing deep no. water with a schoolie, and everybody's fished deep water with a spinning reel, and you pull up a fish and its eyes are bugging out, right? And he doesn't want to go yep. back down the hole because you pretty much killed the fish because you brought him up so quick. His air bladder's expanded. Yep bugging his eyes out you probably killed him more than likely you bring him up with a schoolie nice and slow generally their eyes aren't going to bug out and you'll be able to release that fish that right and, they, and the jig drops just as fast on a schoolie as it does a spinning reel it's just yeah. the All retrieve day. is slower obviously so so we'll use and that as another see. invitation for you guys to invite us out fishing with you We'll bring some schoolies and show you how they work. Yeah, I might even leave you I'll with one you custom tie. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. But the third kind of rod we were going to talk about is the uh, palm rod. And that really came into play when uh, we all started adventuring to Europe and uh, fishing with the guys over there. And where every fish counts, it's not size, it's total weight of all the fish you catch. So you don't let any, they say every gram counts. Uh, so we need something more sensitive and super sensitive. And as a result of learning to use them overseas, a lot of the guys that compete here in the States, like Jake, like he said, he always has a couple in his pocket because we've all been on that day when the bike gets so finicky that you never even know they're there. Yep. And that's the perfect day to be able to pull out that palm rod. Right. And those palm rods come in so many shapes and forms. Every one of us has our favorite and uh, what country you have to ship off to and how many rubles <laughs> it's going to cost you to get it. Or yeah. like stuff, you know, get them from Bulgaria and uh, wait three months to get them. But that's why you order now for next year. Uh huh. You know, maybe we should do a small giveaway too, Chaz, because I do have about a hundred, so I I'm pretty sure I could part with three. Ah. So Jake you know. is uh, promising that if you invite us out, yeah, he's going to have some of the gift bag. I got some jigs. Steph's talking about whipping up a custom schoolie rod for you. Uh huh. Yeah. I think people are going to be going to miiceguys.com and hitting that ask a ice guy a question and saying, ah, come to my lake. Yeah, there we'd be go. happy to go. 
And it's and, not uh, like we even would take all, you know, it's no. not like we take any fish. It's just about breaking down the water and catching fish. And, yeah, if you, you can't know. find, I had guys call me uh, when I used to work. And he's like, hey, could you come out to this lake? And, I mean, I've been fishing it for years, and we just can't get on them. So I went out there, it was probably three years ago, and got them on them. I found them stacked six foot thick. And wow. over like a hundred yards, it was like, yeah. holy crap, guys, get down here! And they had a <laughs> and they had a riot, but yeah, they, stop. We got holes. Around. We got holes drilled like a foot apart, and I got my flasher down, and I'm watching my jig go down, and I'm showing him like, all right, here's your jig going down, and I'm catching one after another, and he's sitting there, and I'm like, he's dropping right down into the pack, you know, trying to get a bite, and it's like, no, 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 bring it up. Jig yep. like this. See that one coming up to it? Get ready. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yep. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's a learning experience to teach them how to catch them, how to use the equipment. And, and that's what we're offering people. You know, I, I always tell yeah. people I mean, that yeah, when you get a new flasher, the uh-huh. best way to learn is to sit next to somebody that knows how to read the thing. There's no YouTube video yeah. that's going to teach you that. <laughs> And, and really, it's not like it's just for that lake. You can duplicate it on any place you go. Yeah. Which is awesome, you know? Yeah, we're going to teach it's you tricky. how to hunt. Yeah, when we were on that lake, I drilled, well, I bet it was over 60 holes before I finally got onto them and covering a lot of water. And that was before live scope. This was just with my, my flasher and yeah. just covering water. We might and, need to invite Aaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. She got some new blades that's, this year. That's the only person who I know who can kill a nine amp hour battery like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. Well, guys, hey, it's been awesome. And just to tell you a little bit about what's coming up soon, Jake, you're planning on heading out uh that not this weekend, but next to uh Antioch. Yeah. Is Aaron going with you to that one? Um, especially if we uh, get a little extra time. I don't know. I might be there this weekend. You just, I mean, you just never know. You can never, never tip your know. hand. You always have <laughs> You always have to have an ace in the pocket. But, uh, yeah, you just never know. Well, this weekend, so, Steph and I will be somewhere north of uh, Grand Rapids, punching holes in the lake. And uh, if you see us out there, say hi. And the following weekend, instead of going to Antioch, we're going to go see some friends in Minnesota. So we're going to head out there. We've got, I've got a week off work. We're going to go over there. Uh, we've even got plans on the way back of stopping and fishing Gogebic. Uh-huh. And if our, our Munising. Munising, if the weather holds right, and Munising Bay's locked up, we're going to go play there too. Never fish Gogebic. That sounds pretty fun with those perks. Dude, I want to get into them teeter pigs. <laughs> yeah. And I've got we a buddy have that's to, we got a have cabin. to talk after the show. Yeah, I got a buddy with a cabin right on the shore. So, okay. guys, we're the MI Ice guys. And hey, feel free if you even have a question about anything, use that link over there on the webpage at miiceguys.com. That's MI is in Michigan to ask us. It pops it out to the bunch of us. We'll answer you, give us, give an opinion, tell you what we think about 
what you're asking. You may get one unified answer. You might get five answers. But and you they know, all it's might all be different. What too. we think, <laughs> what we know. So, I'm Chaz. Staff. I'm Jake. We're the MI Ice guys this week. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us and be safe on the ice. Take the spud with you. It's still early. MI Ice guys would like to thank you for joining us once again for one of our podcasts. Be sure to subscribe on miiceguys.com so that you don't miss any of our tips and hear a little bit about our fishing stories. Be safe out there, guys. Enjoy the fishing. And may thaw soon.